few weeks ago, Paul uh, and I were, were with the, the uh, board of what we call Engage Burkina. We were in Burkina Faso for five, well, we were on the ground for five days. It was, re- it was really challenging. But we wanted to celebrate and just see what God has been doing over the last 10 years. And so uh, while we were there, we said, you know what, we need to put together a morning and just celebrate what, what God's been doing. Because, um, you know, we, I was so overwhelmed, Paul was overwhelmed, and um, we knew coming off this trip that we were just on, we'd be a little bit jet lagged, so it would be a great morning to celebrate. But when I was there, I was thinking about the Israelites going through these places that God would would, would just take them to and how he would give them victory after victory after victory and and how God would just instruct them at moments just to stop and celebrate what he had done, just to remember him. And and many times they would stack stones. They would do something uh, as as a reminder of of God's faithfulness. And while I was in Burkina, I just had this, this picture of this moment where we just, as a church, needed to stop and literally just kind of stack some stones and say, God, thank you for what you've done in 10 years of, of being in Burkina Faso, Africa. We want to take time and celebrate. And I know if you're like me, I just move so fast. I'm always thinking about the next thing. What's the next big thing we need to accomplish as a, as a church? And, and I just feel like God just said, just stop and celebrate what we've done over 10 years, what we've been able to do together. So um, some of you, uh, you, you know me, I'm Brian, that's Paul down there. You may not know this guy. This is my brother, Kevin. He's an elder here. And we honestly just wanted to have, you know... <laughs> We, we wanted to have him up here just to, to be eye candy. That's really what, um, what he's up here for. Um, we but, have hit a new low in the history of this church if I'm eye candy. Well, I looked up the definition of that, and, and really that's not true. But anyways, uh-huh. so, uh, no, I'm just kidding. But we wanted, we wanted to, to have somebody just help us keep the conversation going. So, Kevin, I know um, you've been involved in this yeah. uh, with us from uh, really the very beginning. And uh, so... Get, get this kicked off and just right. Paul and I just lead us through the morning, if you would. Yeah, I mean, uh, a couple hours ago, I always get nervous when I speak in front of all these people. I'm just not used to it. So my wife, I was, she was down there right before the 9 o'clock service, and we were holding hands. And she knew I was a little bit nervous. She said, just be yourself. You know, you've got what it takes. And I looked at her. I said, you really want me to be myself? <laughs> she says, yeah, minus the poop jokes. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I've got nothing now. Uh, just work them in and you know what you can keep score so that's one yeah and um so help me out paul but i did give you a script just in case thank you thank you and if you do a number two we'll we'll be ready for that too (laughs) i don't know where this is going let's come on let's get into this there's so many things i could say (laughs) okay um hey burkina faso i mean a lot of us in this church let's be honest before you started coming coming to westridge you, you you never even heard of burkina faso i know that i didn't uh, I wanted to share a couple of quick statistics about Burkina Faso. First of all, uh, it, the, the size, the landmass of Burkina Faso is just slightly bigger than Colorado. Uh, there's, about, uh, of the, there's about 20 million people in the country of Burkina Faso. And of those people, only 36% of all adults can read or write. Just, over one, just, just one of every three adults can read or write in Burkina Faso. The life expectancy in Burkina Faso is 56 years old. I think here in the States, it's like 81 or 82, uh, depending on the gender. And then uh, as far as religion goes, about 61% of the entire country is Islamic. So there's a lot of work to be done as far as spreading the gospel of of Jesus throughout the country. So uh, our story began 
began back in 2006, and it actually started, believe it or not, with one of the, uh, the one, a lead singer in one of the most popular rock bands in the whole country. If you could start us off and tell us how that happened in 2006. So we were on a trip to uh, the Global Leadership Summit up in Chicago back in 2006, and the then director of the, the summit, Bill Hybels, was interviewing Bono, who is the lead singer of U2. And Bono, as many of you know, had, had done a lot of work and has still continued to do a lot of work in, in Africa. And he was talking about how that for so many years the world had just literally forgotten about Africa and how he was sharing statistics about the, the AIDS epidemic and waterborne illnesses and malaria and, and talking about how the music industry, the entertainment industry had, had really stepped up and how even politicians, uh, I think George W. Bush had, had really be, begun to, uh, to support, our, our country began to support Africa. And then he shared with Bill Hybels, he said, but you know, he said, I, I call myself a, a believer in Jesus Christ. And he said, but I'm so disappointed in the church, especially the church in America. It's almost like we're just so far behind and, and we don't, it's like we don't care. And I just remember at that moment, God just spoke to my heart so clearly that Westridge Church needed to be involved somewhere in Africa. And so um, he really threw out a big challenge. And after that, uh, Kevin, you were in this moment, we went out on the, the front yard of Willow Creek Church and and I shared with our elders, I said, guys, I don't even know where to begin. I don't know anybody in Africa. I don't even know a country to, to choose, but I, I'm just going to start praying. I am going to start praying that God would open up a door for us to literally change a country in Africa. And I said, and I want to commit that we're going to stay there for the rest of our lives. I, I, will, I, will, I will stay there for the rest of my life helping to change that country. And I remember that day too, after, the, after Bono spoke, I mean, we went out on the lawn with the elders and his pants were literally on fire. I mean, he was, we were all pretty amazed by what we had heard and we were challenged, but he was like, we've got to do something. We've got to do something. We've got to do something now. And so the, the, I guess the question now is, so where, how do, how do we get to Burkina Faso, yeah. the country that most of us have never heard of? Where, where do we end up there? Yeah, I, I wish I had a, a, like a graph, like a family tree graph up on up on the screen here to, to represent how this all worked out. So just really stay with me for just a moment, okay? Um, we had a family that was attending Westridge that uh, my brother called me. He called me on the phone one day and he said, hey, listen, you know John and Betty Arnold are, are here in our church and they've been attending here. They had come off the field in 2001. Their, their kids were involved in a military situation like a coup in Ivory Coast as missionary kids. They left the country. They were here. And Kevin said, you know, John and Betty, they've been in Burkina. Why don't we meet? Why don't you meet with them? And I said, all right. So at that, that time, um, Paul was transitioning into the role. This was 2007, into the role of, of outreach pastor. And, um, but um, we met with John and his cousin Pete um, in a little room over there at the multipurpose area. And at that moment, Dave Cole was with me in the meeting. And John walked in um, with, with his cousin Pete. Pete's a big guy. And, um, and Pete sat down in front of this computer and started, started sharing a, um, a PowerPoint of Burkina Faso. And he's just weeping, talking about the statistics of Burkina Faso. You know, one out of 3.4 children die before the age of 10. And he's talking about, you know, just the, the amount of, of poverty and the education situation, the illiteracy rate. And I mean, I'm just overwhelmed by this. And so they left and I'm just like, okay, you know, I, John, John and John Arnold 
and his wife, Betty, okay, Betty is your wife, my sister-in-law, Dawn's first cousin. So I'm like, okay, now I know someone connected to Africa, but I don't know if God wants us to go there. So I'm just praying, I'm praying. Like a day or two later, John sends out an email to me, to Dave, and to a couple others, and Pete, and I look at Pete's last name, and it's Brockup, and I'm like, I know this guy. I'm like, oh, and I'm like, oh my goodness. So I realized back in the 90s, my wife now, so I got my brother over here, my wife, her brother Dave, Pete was Dave's soccer coach in North Carolina in the mid-90s. <laughs> My father-in-law taught at a Christian school in Lexington, North Carolina with Pete. Pete's brother, Tim, is my brother-in-law's best friend. I'm like, God, I, I can't miss this. I mean, I'm, I, I'm not claiming to be the smartest <laughs> guy in the you. world. Not even me. Yeah. I, you yeah. want us in Burkina Faso, Africa. Yeah, that's real clear. That was yeah. good. Yeah. So, yeah. Can you do that again? No, <laughs> no, no. But, but listen, it makes sense to me. Uh-huh. And, 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 but I'm seriously looking at this going, okay, so where's Burkina Faso? So... If you, if, like, I remember, you know, in, in world history, there was a country called Upper Vultra, and, and they had a, 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 like a, I believe, a civil war, and Mali and Burkina Faso made up that country, and now they're two different countries. And so I got with Paul, and I said, Paul, we want to go into a country and just tackle what we call the domains of society. We want to, like, go literally ask the government, ask the church, what are the issues in this country that we need to tackle. So I was thinking children of Israel, like, like Moses sending 12 spies into uh, the promised land, coming back with a good report, bring fruit, bring everything, you know. And I told Paul, I said, I want you to get a team together and I want you to go to Burkina Faso. All right, Paul, it's yeah. up to you now. So <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the vision is cast, the yeah. country is selected. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that very first trip to Burkina Faso back in 2007. Tell us how you formulated the strategy to start reaching those people. Absolutely. So after all of that, I bought tickets for a country that I, I couldn't find on the map. And so I went and found it later. And oh, that's where I'm going. And that's awesome. Don't you like and, to say Wagadugu? Uh, yes, Wagadugu. So fun. And um, so I took one of our elders and three of our staff members and landed in this country with the missionaries that Brian was just talking about. And they just began to take us just all over the place. And we began to learn so much about this country. Brian just mentioned this, one of the statistics that involves water. We learned that you know, very few people in this country can even read. I mean, all the things that, that we were hearing and just being overwhelmed by the needs. I mean, I felt like I had landed in the middle of a National Geographic documentary or, or something. Um, found out that Ouagadougou, this city that we love to say, is the only capital city in the world without its own natural water source. The missionary at one point, he did something uh, very cruel but had a huge impact on me. He lined up a bunch of kids and he numbered them off. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. And he asked all the ones to step forward. And he said, most of them will not be here the next time that you come. I mean, that's what we're talking about. That's how difficult the circumstance on the, on the ground is. We began to meet with church leaders and others and, and as we begin to formulate and pray about what God would have us do. This really became a time where, for the first time really in Westridge's history at, at the time, God had highlighted something in my heart that I wanted to bring back to share with, with Brian and, and our elders, and that is we need to be going after unreached people. And so Burkina has almost two dozen unreached people groups. Unreached means less than 2% of them know Jesus as their savior. Many of them are also what's called unengaged. <clears throat> in other words, 
they would not have even heard of Jesus. And so we came back and said, you know what? Let's be involved in helping uh, create churches in these villages. Let's put a well near as many of the churches as possible. And let's begin to target specifically an unreached people group that were called the, the Pugli people. And I just, I had this moment with God. You know, Brian said he, he had sent us into the land as the spies in the land. And, and I gotta be honest, I don't know how any of you feel about the idea of God sending you on a trip, um, but I was, I was kind of weirded out by this whole idea. And I was so immature. I'm scared I'm gonna get diseases from everybody I touch. Um, I'm barely shaking hands. I'm probably being a, a little bit standoffish. And we're in this uh, very poor part of the capital city and this little boy uh, just covered in snot, about three years old. And uh, God says, pick him up. I said, no, ask somebody else to pick him up. You know, and this is, <laughs> and, uh, and so I just, very rarely, can you actually say, God said, do this, like in this moment. And, and God said, pick him up. Like, okay, fine. So, that's obedience, right? Okay, fine. That was, that's another sermon. But the, um, so I want to be obedient to God. And so I'm having this Lion King moment with this little boy because circle of light. <laughs> I'm holding him as far away from me as absolutely possible. And, and then God said, no, 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 pull him close. And so began to hug this little boy. And, and God said, this is where I want you guys to be. Mm. And, uh, and so that's a little bit of how we got going. Very good. Yeah. So the following year, uh, we, we had made the decision to create a nonprofit organization called Engage Burkina. Yeah. The question is, is why, why do we do that? Why, why don't we just keep all the activities right here under the umbrella of Westridge Church? Sure. Well, I, you know, when you're out there and you're in this place with overwhelming need, I just really quickly felt like this is way bigger than us. Yeah. And, um, so I just prayed and, and asked God what to do. And I just really felt like that a nonprofit would give us the framework to get other people involved. Uh, one of the first things that happened, we got back another pastor in the community here uh, called and asked if we would drill a well. And, and God just began to, to work this out. I mean, other nonprofits give to us and entrust us with the work. Um, there's one particularly, and I don't know if he was able to make it to the service. He was going to be in this service, a guy by the name of Mike Pierce. Guy, uh, Mike was on the first trip that we took in July of 2008 as a church, the first team. And God put on Mike's heart to help raise the funds for the wells, to see a thousand wells fulfilled in Burkina. And today he has helped us raise the funds for over half of the hand dug wells that we've done. Just this one guy, entrepreneurial, go-getter, uh, just wanting to see God do great things. And we had created a framework for this to happen. And so Mike shared with his parents' church in South Bend, Indiana. When I say South Bend, what do you think of? The Irish. The Irish, yeah. yeah. And so because the church was in South Bend, Notre Dame actually got involved at one point and helped raise money for some of the wells done by Engage Burkina, an initiative started out of Westridge Church. And, uh, and so, awesome. as Brian has said before, if the Catholics want to pay for the water, that's fine. We'll share the gospel uh, as we do that. And so, that's worked out pretty well. There's some nervous Catholic laughter. Go in Irish. The, uh, <laughs> Go Irish. Do so, we have an email address to send complaints to? <laughs> <laughs> Irish at westridge.com. Yeah. The, um, so, um, yeah. But these, and the, all of these churches out of South Bend, and I don't know how the, how the Methodist denomination is structured, but they're in that region, uh, many of them give uh, to us, uh, through Mike, to drill, uh, excuse me, to dig wells 
it's just amazing. All these Methodist churches and things, people have given that, I don't know their names. I don't know, I don't know anything about many of the organizations, more than 40 organizations, hundreds of people give to this little nonprofit that we started. And to God be the glory, because it's way beyond anything that we could do on our own. And God's provided people along the way. Uh, as, as we cast the vision in those early days, a couple sitting in these seats where you are today, Chris and Connie Fields, they went out, they were our first couple to answer that call on the ground and they broke up the hard ground, sacrificed their, with their family, took their four kids out there and they did an incredible work and at, at the high school that we were building at the time. We have our team on the ground now, others from our church, uh, John and Betty Arnold, God called them to go back. We have folks on the ground from Cross Point City, Pastor James Church in Cartersville. We have another gal, uh, Joanna Gregg, who's from our church. One of our uh, kids out there right now, intern, Taylor Nash, who's, who's part of our church. So God has just done incredible things. It's had ripple effect after ripple effect after ripple effect uh, because of all the things that God has done from this. Yeah. That's awesome. So you guys got a, got a chance to go last in middle September. Yeah, that's right. Uh, 10 years after the very first trip at Burkina Faso. We know that this congregation right here has given so generously to support Burkina Faso, has not only given finances, but also their time, prayer, support. You had a chance to see it for yourself just a few weeks ago. Give us a snapshot of, of, of what God has done through not only Westridge, but all the various partners that Paul has talked about uh, in just ten, a 10-year period. Yeah, so... I want you to know, and I've said this before too, we've now in 10 years have been able to, to do over 650 wells uh, in this country, which has provided water for more than, half a million people. more than half a million people in this country. It's awesome. You know, I, I know some of you are thinking, well, I'm sitting in a church, you know, is it, you just do water. I, when Paul and I, the very first trip that I was on, we were sitting in a little um, little hut and meeting with the mayor uh, that oversaw thousands of these Pugli people. And uh, we asked him for permission to go into the village uh, into, to, to, to do these wells and, and, and do churches. And we found out that he was a Christian. And it was an amazing story how John was connected to the story of him, him coming to Christ. And, and he said to us, I'll never forget this. He said, I want you to know, he said, our people cannot hear the gospel when they're holding dying babies in their arms. Yeah. We have to do something to meet this need. And so the, we knew we were on the right, right track. And so we went in, we've gone into the Pugli villages and now we have now seen over 6,000 Pugli people receive salvation in Jesus Christ alone. They are now raising up people to go into the next tribe, uh, the, the Juh people. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that uh, tribe come to Christ now too. We, we've been able to do over, build over 75, they're called Hangar uh, churches uh, in, in Burkina Faso uh, through a partnership uh, with Wycliffe Bible Translators. And we challenged uh, you to do this, I believe it was two years ago, last year with our gift offering. Um, we've now have half of the New Testament translated in, in the hands of the Juh people for the first time in history. They have a copy of God's word in their hand. They're getting a chance to hear Jesus Christ's name for the very first time. 
Um, we built a team center, two classrooms, a guest house at a high school near Ouagadougou that, that has over seven to 800 students in the high school. Um, we built a, a school now just recently uh, in, in uh, Hyundai mm-hmm. uh, that is a school now of 400 sixth through ninth graders are going to this school. Muslim families are sending their children to this school and they're hearing about Jesus Christ every single day. Um, if you remember a, a gift offering we did uh, two years ago, we, we wanted to build a safe house for women who, young girls actually, who had, who had been caught up in, 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 in slavery, into sex trafficking. And so we were, we were able to build this safe house in, in Panbila, and now there are over 40 young ladies who are, have been rescued out of that wicked, evil industry who have been uh, freed up and re- are receiving Jesus yeah. Christ to be their Savior. At any given time, at there'll any, be 40 there. Yeah, yeah at any given yeah. time. Over, you just saw the video. We, we, were, we raised back at Easter over $125,000 for grain during this last famine that they had. And we're watching these older ladies pick up these huge bags of grain, it's putting them on these carts and, you know, wheeling them away. Um, oh, in, in, in sector 30, which is the poorest section of Ouagadougou, which as you can imagine in the, one of the poorest countries in the world, uh, is one of the poorest places in the world. And we have focused our attention there. We've built a compassion center there. We're getting ready to do another one, Compassion International. Um, we built gardens there. We have two water towers there. Uh, we do a ministry to uh, people with extreme uh, issues, handi- handicapped issues. It is not uncommon for you to be driving down the road in Burkina Faso and to see a paralyzed person pulling themselves on the ground, just by, on their stomach. And um, literally, John, this, God put this on John Arnold's heart a few years back. And his, his cousin, Pete, I won't go back into all the connections, but, but Pete Thank you. developed, like he came up with this idea, what if we could give these people dignity and put them up on these bikes where they could hand pedal? So now they can look people straight in the eyes rather than crawling on the ground. That lady on the right, Paul, shaking her hand, she got, just got that bike while we were there. And just an hour before that, when, when she got the bike, she received Jesus Christ to be her personal Savior. Um, during the offering time, you saw a guy dancing, a guy dancing. Two weeks before he was dancing, he was demon-possessed. And he had then received Jesus Christ to be his savior. He was dancing for Jesus at that moment. Um, but we've now been able to, to give over 300 um, individuals with handicapped situations these hand-pedaled bikes. Um, we pay, have paid for a restaurant to be built for these handicapped people so they now can pull up uh, on, their, on their hand-pedaled bikes and be served because most people in, in this nation look at these people as being cursed by God. Their parents were cursed by God, so they must be cursed by God. So they don't want anything to do with them. We know, we know, because we know from Genesis chapter 1 that in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth and he created us, he created us in his image, which means that every single person in the world has value, which means you have value. And I'm telling you that during election season, so we'll treat each other well, all right? <laughs> But these people in Burkina Faso, regardless of, of where they're coming from, what they're doing, they have tremendous value. They're important to God, so they're important to us. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to, to, to do everything we can to, to help them. Um, we have built a church now for these physically handicapped individuals in Sector 30. Um, we have uh, uh, we built a, a center 
that is dedicated to, to Do- your wife Dawn's uh, uh, uncle, uncle uh, who's Betty's dad, which when these, when these women in sector 30, uh, people are coming to Christ from, from Islam, many of these women are abused and kicked out of their homes. And this is a rescue place for them to go to until they can get back up on their feet. Um, we have um, served medical and benevolence needs for many years now in the country. When you go to Burkina Faso and you go through the, the, the airport in Ouagadougou and you realize that many of these security officers and police officers speak English, it's because Engage Burkina has been, has been teaching the people in the airport English. Yeah, um, with, with deep is, southern accents. With, yeah. It's amazing. <clears throat> They, they all sound like they're from Dallas, Georgia. It's yeah. crazy. They say, go dogs. <laughs> they yeah. do. It's deep south French. Deep yeah. south. It's crazy. <clears throat> yeah. um, we've now sent over 150 teams to work in Engage Burkina uh, projects. Um, and I want you to know that not only this church, but our Engage Burkina partners, Cross Point City up in Cartersville, Summit Church in Kernersville, North Carolina, and others, we now sponsor over 2,000 children in this country through Compassion International. And uh, I mean, and it just, I could keep talking about what God's done in 10 years. It's, it's overwhelming to me. Yeah, absolutely. The work that God has allowed this church in Dallas, Georgia, in Paulding County to be part of in a country that really nobody's ever heard of before. Yeah. I mean, to God be the glory. Absolutely. Man. Truly amazing. <clears throat> Paul, I know the, the work that Brian has talked about, it's just the beginning. Yeah. And I know the, the board at uh, Engage Burkina has met recently. They met uh, during the trip mm-hmm. and did some dream casting, talking about what the next 10 years will look like. Um, paint a picture of that for us. Sure. Well, we just want to continue in our commitment to this country. And it's, it's kind of rare in our day and age that anyone would stay committed to something this long. Uh, but we as a church, we, we continue to be committed in this way. And so there's some things we believe that God wants us to do in the next 10 years. And one of them is to really... Uh, pour some jet fuel on some church planning efforts that are going on over there. I took Brian to a church planning center in a town called Pundu. And in this place, they train couples for four years to go out and to plant churches. In fact, when you graduate from this church planting uh, school, you receive a cow and a plow. And uh, because you're going to need that, we should do that in local high schools. The um, uh, you're going to need that when you go back into a village where you're not going to be welcomed, where your message is not going to be welcomed. You're going into unreached people. You're going to be requesting from a village chief a piece of land. He's probably going to give you the worst piece of land in the village. And uh, and so, but they'll be able to work that land now and to provide for their families. We also, as a as a board, decided that we wanted to make a way. for there to be a trade uh, for, the, for the woman, for the spouse of these pastors. And, uh, and so in addition now to a cow and a plow, we're going to make sure that all the ladies leave there with a sewing machine and, uh, and so, so that they can help provide for their family as well uh, in these villages. So this particular church planting center, this man, uh, tremendous Pastor Emmanuel, who has planted hundreds of churches over the years, and uh, we just want to continue to pour jet fuel on that. So church planting is a big part of it. Uh, continued work among the physically handicapped. Uh, the work that our team on the ground is doing is raising such awareness that politicians from all over this country are coming, and from all over West Africa, truly, are coming to look at what's happening in this community where we're serving these people who are physically handicapped. They're inspiring people all over West Africa and beyond. In fact, they were the inspiration for why we have a ministry to families with someone 
uh, in their home with special needs here at Westridge. Hmm. Because when we went over there and we said one of the poorest countries in the world is taking better care of people in their community with special needs than we are, we're not going to allow that to happen. And so that's why we do our breakaway events. That's why now we do uh, Night to Shine and, and those kinds of things. We're, we're going to continue that work. Uh, we are at 650 wells, thanks to so many partnerships out there, particularly with Mike Pearson, Clean Water in Africa. And, and we have more requests this year than we've ever received before. I go every year to receive the request. And this year we received more than ever before. There are more than 3 million people still without access to clean water. And access, by the way, means a three-mile walk. That's access to water. Uh, And actually, that's not always access to clean water. And so we want to continue that work. And every single one of the wells that we do is in some form or fashion under the care of a pastor. And those pastors are not only, of course, making sure there's access to everyone in the village for physical clean water, but also to the living water of Jesus. And uh, so that's such a huge part because we're doing all of this for the purpose of sharing the gospel. In fact, if you're new to Westridge, you may not realize that the reason why we charge for coffee out at the World Cafe is because all of the proceeds, 100% of the proceeds go to providing clean water to the people in Burkina Faso. And, uh, and so we just want to continue that work as well. And then one of the first things that we did and one of the first places where this couple, Chris and Connie Fields, were at uh, was a high school, uh, Lise Alliance Christian, which just means Christian and Missionary Alliance High School. We had partnered with, with others and we helped make that happen. But God has put on our hearts now to do our own schools. And we have several properties available to us where we can uh, build middle and high schools. Again, in this country, only about 52% of the children ever start school. Only about 52, I mean, you'll be driving through the country and you'll think, is it a holiday? Why are all these kids out? No, only about half the kids even go to school. Uh, Less than one in 100 ever graduate from high school. We know that education is a necessity for breaking the cycle of poverty. And they have zero chance. And so in the last uh, two years, as Brian mentioned before, we've built a high school called uh, Lycée La Lumière or uh, the Light High School. It sounds like Disney built it uh, with the La Lumière. Uh, they didn't. Um, but if they would like to, we'll name it whatever they want. Jump on and, in. Uh, and so, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we also have another school that we're going to be breaking ground on next year. and be really excited to share that. Uh, uh, there's some other people involved, but the, the naming of that is going to be a tremendous thing. And I'm, I'm excited to share that with you. And so education is a big part of what we continue to do. You know, the families over there, they can't afford to send all of their kids to school because they have to pay to go to government schools. And so typically a family will send one child, uh, firstborn, and they'll just do everything they can to try to get that child through school. But there are thousands upon thousands of children in Burkina Faso who will never even go to school. And God has actually put something specifically on Brian's heart uh, for those kids, put it on his heart back in 2010. Yeah. I mean, the wheels are always turning when we're there. And, and I, we were standing in a Compassion International site that we built. And we're looking at, I'm looking at all of these children who are being sponsored. They all have uniforms on. They get to come there one day a week. They get great meals. The life expectancy rate goes out the door once they become part of this. Uh, they get presents for Christmas. Our, our, one of the girls that we sponsor, Fatimata, just turned 16 yesterday. She got a birthday present from us. I've had a chance to be with her three times. And But as I was standing at the front of this compassion site, listening to all of these kids singing about Jesus in French, I looked at the door and all of a sudden I just, I just had tears. Uh, And I I took a picture of of the scene at the door 
and it's been on my office wall for the last, uh, uh, I guess, eight years now. And I, I have prayed for these kids hundreds and hundreds of times over the last. I call these the kids at the door. They're the ones who are not allowed to come in, into the compassion site because uh, it's not that they don't have a sponsor. It's because compassion usually can only sponsor one kid out of every family. So if there's five children in a family, the, the pastor of the village will go in and go, well, he, he, that one has the best chance to survive. So we'll sponsor this one. These children right here, I don't know how many of them are still alive, but I, when I, in 2010, I told Paul, I said, I don't care what has to happen. We have to help these children. We have to, we have to see them go to school. We have to get them meals. What about those kids right there? If one out of three are going to die by the age of 10, we have to change that. So there are thousands of these children in this sector 30, uh, which is the poorest place in, in the whole world. When, when Paul and I go into sector 30, I never feel closer to Jesus than when I'm, when I'm there. And when those kids run up to me, I, my fear just goes right out the door. I, I mean, I, I think we don't know if we showed the pictures or not, but I just grab these kids, I pull them in. Mm-hmm. They just climb all over you. I mean, they just love on you. It is unbelievable. And at Westridge, I want you to know, we're gonna spend the next 10 years sending these kids to school, making sure they have uh, food and water, uh, there's thousands of them, and uh, we're going to take that statistic off the map right there. So we're, as part of Engage Burkina moving forward, uh, $125 a year will help one of those children to go to school mm-hmm. and, uh, and become educated, which literally changes their lives. But more importantly than anything else, it's going to give them a chance to hear the gospel to hear about how Jesus Christ loves them, how God created them, how they have great value Mm -hmm. and that they don't have to worship nature. They don't have to worship a false God in the grave. They can worship a risen one who wants to change their life and give them a hope for tomorrow. And so Paul, Paul, he surprised me with that. I had to walk away. I had tears rolling down my face a few weeks ago. I know you're surprised by that. But um, (laughs) I think in French, this is called uh, les enfants à la porte. We well so I'm, I mean, I'm excited about it. So that's going to be part of, of, of the next 10 years of what we're going to be doing in this church uh, through in, Engage Burkina. Yeah. Um, we also have something as part of our gift offering getting yeah. ready to come up as well. So we were standing in a, a village named Covillo, <clears throat> and there's a couple of things that God's done over the, the years in this village. When a missionary first went in, um, people in the village poisoned the well some of the animist leaders and, and Muslim leaders in the village, they, they poisoned a well. And they came back to our missionaries the next day and they said, why, why aren't you dead? I don't know if anyone's asked you that recently, but they, uh, <laughs> why, why aren't you dead? And, they, and then they said, we poisoned the well. How are you not sick? And they said, well, we didn't know you poisoned the well, but Jesus must have kept us well. And people started coming from all over uh, to hear about this Jesus. Another man had gone... Uh, and actually in Dawaga, had heard the gospel, came back, was sharing it in Covillo, lives in Covillo. And he was asleep one night and he woke up the next morning and his neck was sore. And he walks out of his home and everyone is staring at him. They said, why aren't you dead? Because some men went in to cut off your head last night because of your belief in Jesus. And they went at your neck and he said, yeah, my, my neck is sore. Um, but it's still there. And so... Um, he just needed an adjustment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's still the God of miracles. He's still the God of miracles. And, uh, and so more people came 
to faith. And now this little church has got a problem. They have outgrown the second building we've helped build for them. And we didn't know this. They didn't know we were coming. They are now building their third building. And this building is, honestly, they're going to have, they actually already have more people attending their church than live in the village. It's a mega church in the middle of nowhere. I mean, you've never seen anything like it. So they stopped building right there because if they go any higher without putting a roof on it, uh, the, the whole thing will cave in. And so they've just been praying and asking God uh, if, if God would provide for them to finish this building. And, uh, and so we feel like God has shown it to us. And so this year, as part of our gift offering, every year at the end of the year at Christmas, uh, we all as a church family give one gift larger to Christ than any other gift we're giving to anyone else. And as part of that gift this year, we're going to take $55,000 and we're going to finish off the building at Covio that God might continue to be put on display in that village. It's tremendous what's happening. Love it. Love it. This is, this is where it all started with the public coming to Christ. And so many of these people have come to Christ and now they are sending their own people out yeah. to reach the ja people with the gospel. It's unbelievable. I want you to pray, Kevin, over the next 10 years, if you would, and then I want to Absolutely. challenge you before we leave. Our God in heaven, we thank you. We celebrate today what you have done in this country, this impoverished country that many of us a few years ago had never even heard of, Lord. But you had a plan for them all along, Lord, and you had a plan to use us, Lord, to respond, to meet their needs, Lord, not just their uh, their spiritual needs, but Lord, their physical needs, for water, for food, for education, things that are so vital to life, Lord. And the people in this church have responded and answered the bell, Lord. And today we say thank you. We say thank you for what you have done, Lord. We take no credit. And Lord, as we look into the future and look at this, this, this sweet country, Lord, we ask that, that, our, that your hand of blessing will continue to be uh, on, the, on the country of Burkina Faso and continue to be on the efforts that we have uh, in place, Lord, to reach these people, to meet their needs, Lord. We know that what we do to the least of these, Lord, we do to you, Lord. So we take that, we take that so seriously, Lord. And we just ask right now that you would just continue to raise up people in the, within this congregation, Lord, who will say, I want to serve. I want to give. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do everything that I can, Lord, to make sure that these people, Lord, have everything that they need. Lord, to, to live life like we do and also to live uh, with Jesus Christ in, in their life, Lord. Lord, we ask right now for your hand of blessing to be on this sweet country. And we thank you for the, for the work of God's people. And we just ask that that would continue in earnest, Lord, and that more and more people would answer the bell as we continue to make a difference in this, in this, 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 uh, this country, Lord. This this. this church in Dallas, Georgia, Lord, can affect an entire country is just amazing to, to all of us. And we know this is all you. It's, a, it's truly you. And for us to take any bit of the credit would be foolish. So we just ask that you would just continue to do great work here. And we thank you, God, for what you've done. We celebrate that today. In your name we pray. Amen.